Hey there, folks. This is Brock, executive producer of the Sprocket Podcast. I am riding on an Amtrak train right now, and don't worry, I'm in the vestibule. I, I wouldn't record something like this this loudly in the passenger car because that's gauche, right? Right? Come on, quiet car fans, let me know you're out there. <laughs> Anyways, what's more Christmas than a train? Right? That's what Santa rides on. That's what the Polar Express was themed around. Uh, so, hey, here we are, here I am, on a train, thanking you for being with us for this long with the Sprocket Podcast. Uh, I hope you are riding your own literal or proverbial train to wherever you want it to go. So, uh, last week we had the Tim Mooney Show. It was his 11th appearance on the Sprocket Podcast. Uh, for Christmas, we bring you... Or, well, and also I should say, whatever holiday you celebrate. I'm saying Christmas because it's the one that comes to mind first for me. But hey, whatever holiday you celebrate, this is a little gift from us to you. It's Tim Mooney's first appearance on the Sprocket Podcast. Dropped off the feed long ago, uh, if you're an iTunes subscriber. Still on the website. Um, and so, yeah, if you want to you want to reach back into the, the early days of your of the Sprocket Podcast, before Pedal Shift Project was a thing... You can listen to Tim talk about his vision for Pedal Shift Project and how it became a reality. Uh, I guess how it became, how he thought about it before he made it a reality. Anyways, Pedal Shift Project's been around now for a long time, and he's been doing a great job. This episode originally aired in 2013. Tim came in as a donor to the podcast, and I believe he was one of the fundraising donors back when we were raising funds for the podcast who donated something and we promised him something and so after this episode wrapped tim and i took a bike ride together to the top of mount Tabor. now i don't remember if we brought adult beverages and if we imbibed those i'm sure we didn't because that would be against the law and wrong but hey anyways happiest of whatever holiday you celebrate and uh, here is our very first episode with tim mooney from 2013 it's 2018 in case you lost track and Aaron and Guthrie, bless their hearts, will be back in the studio after the winter holiday season is over and 2019 is upon us like a warm, soft mantle wrapped around our necks, keeping us warm, maybe a little bit too warm, as we cycle uphill into the new year. Okay, thanks again for listening, and take care. Hello, welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we simplify the good life. My name is Brock Dittis, and, and this... I am not Aaron Flores. You are not. I am Tim Mooney, and we are broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. It should be said at this point that Tim is a listener who has been listening for a while, and uh, you are in town for the World Domination Summit, and uh, also to see family, and also to start a bicycle tour. That's right. Which is why uh, we're going to talk about all those things. Yes. So. Sorry, where do we leave? Uh, we're, we're the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering day-to-day -day life, food, alcohol, bicycles, and alternative transportation, arts and culture, communication, and the internets, because it's plural. That's right. <laughs> so, welcome to Portland. You've been here for how long now? Five uh, days? On this trip, I've been here uh, since Friday night. Okay. Yes. And uh, but it's always in my heart. Portland is in my heart. There we go. Yeah, and uh, we were we were just talking. We decided to start recording because uh, we had a good conversation, and I was I was like, people might want to hear this. So 
you spent some time in Portland a while back, and we were talking about how the town has changed. Quite a bit, yeah. I, I moved to Portland uh, after I graduated from law school. I'm a semi-recovering lawyer uh, <laughs> at this point. Something needs recovery from. <laughs> it, it does. It does indeed. Uh, I... Uh, and, and I was here at a very interesting time in Portland's sort of recent history. It was sort of before the biking culture really took off. I think I read something or heard something recently where somebody said it was O2. Maybe it was on, on, on this podcast, perhaps, where somebody had mentioned that the bike culture really took off in O2. Could be. We were talking to Aileen, yeah, and I she's been around right. since then. I believe that's right, yeah. And, uh, you know, I biked downtown from uh, where I lived in Selwood, which is, uh, for those of you who are not Portlanders, that is in southeast Portland. It's a cute little uh, uh, hamlet. They have antiques. Yeah. And actually, now they have, like, a, have you been there since? Uh... Uh, I've been there last year. I haven't been back since okay, this yeah. trip. There's yeah. actual, like, legitimate businesses there now. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, it's a cool little little area. And, uh, uh, yeah, so I used to bike there across the Selwood Bridge and, and into downtown. And people thought I was quite weird for sure. biking. In. Yeah. Uh, now I'd be just one of the bikers. So, yeah. Yeah. And my wife used to do the Selwood Bridge back when she worked on the west side and lived in the far southeast. So uh, that bridge was floated downstream some i understand i posted a uh, a map of the new bridge location on my <laughs> blog it was it was <laughs> yeah it, it's it's a near and near uh bridge to my heart because of uh how it carried me over the willamette all those years ago seriously so. yeah and there's a great view from that bridge it's an interesting part of the river just because it's far enough away from town that it uh i don't know it seems really idyllic so oh, yeah. anyways hey we're drinking beer yes. yeah tim brought the beer today uh, it's a housewarming gift for for Brock and uh, well for Brock and me because we're 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 solo today. So uh, we're rocking uh, Deschutes Brewery, a fine Oregon beer, the uh, Mira Pondale. That's which right. I used to be able to get when I moved back east for about uh, a minute and a half, and then it was cruelly taken away from me. Deschutes, Hard to find. Deschutes is is unavailable for uh, East Coasters now. Okay, so, so I, they. I, Basically, they, they dialed back their distribution. I don't know how it got there in the first place, but whoever did it, God bless them for that one year. <laughs> Probably got there on a truck. It's Yeah, somehow. <laughs> Petroleum was involved in yeah. some way. I'm sure it was not a, 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 a carbon footprint free. Uh, well, well, one coast to the other is just a long ways for it to travel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when I was in Colorado last year, they were actually talking about, uh, I was hanging out with some new Belgian people, and they were talking about starting a new brewery in Asheville, North Carolina. And part of the reason for that was that they didn't make sense to truck all that beer all the way across the country because it was so popular and you know, everybody wants it. But, uh, but if they brew it, if they have an East coast brewing center, then, uh, they don't have to spend as much time uh, yeah. make, making it travel. Yeah, it so. gets out, it gets out our way. I, I, I'm able to get a lot of their stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's my Oregon beers that I have to uh, come out here for it, but that's not such a bad thing. Yeah. So, yeah. so I was going to ask, do you have a favorite beer in DC? In D.C. Or like a local the, beer that you like. You know, the D.C. beer scene has really uh, been moving. D.C. Brow is, is a local brewery. In fact, D.C.'s really, in the 10 years that I've lived there since moving from Portland to there, it has really improved quite a bit and become uh, much more livable. And and beer is one of those fine things. And there's, there's a bunch of different microbreweries that have popped up. And there's uh, some interesting changes that have been going on in the biking culture there as well. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's, it's, it's by no means Portland, by any stretch of the imagination. Anybody who listens from D.C. knows that. But in the last maybe three to four years, the biking culture has in some ways uh, 
move past Portland in some metrics. Right. Well, uh, there are bike lanes in front of the White House now on Pennsylvania indeed. Avenue, right? So that's that was a big milestone. And, a, and the uh, Capital Bike Share system is a fantastic success. Fully rolled out. Absolutely. It, it keeps growing. The metrics on that are absolutely out, outstanding. So there's a lot of good things going on. But, you know, D.C. Brown, some of the local brewers, um, I, I tend to go towards Delaware, towards the Delaware beaches and Dogfish Head. That's my, okay. uh, that's oh, sort okay. of my local-ish. Uh, that's where Dogfish is from? I believe it's from Delaware, oh, if I'm okay. not mistaken. I, I can't remember which town, but I want to say it's in the beach towns over there. Gotcha. But then again, I mean, you can cross Delaware in three and a half steps anyways. Right, right. Sorry, Delawareans. Yeah, but, no, it's small. Yeah. The only thing smaller is Rhode Island. Right. I right. almost crossed that on a bike last winter. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it, uh, minuscule. Right. But uh, I, I was going to ask about bike shares as far as the the program has been in place for a little while now, but how old is that exactly? I'm not up on my bike share. It's a couple of years old. Okay. I, I, you know, and honestly, I don't remember the exact launch date. It was a, they started it very small and they grew it organically and they're a very data driven company, which I think is to their great credit. I mean, mm-hmm. that's how this works. You know, they know when they need bikes in certain places. So you'll see these vans full of bikes that are coming to pull it off of the the ones that are at the bottom of the hill yeah. uh, at, the, at the end of the workday. A popular to, ride. Yeah, exactly. It's, so the rebalancing effort is very data-driven, and, and they're very open about uh, sharing that data. So uh, a buddy of mine who actually introduced me to this show uh, is constantly downloading that data and nerding out and seeing where it goes just you know because he enjoys that. So Yeah. Is it open? Uh, it's available to the public? or It is. Okay. It's, it's all open sourced in that way. And so you can really see some interesting things with the flow and, and how traffic uh, on a bike in D.C. works, at least within the bike sharing system. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it was interesting to me because I. I don't follow bike share a lot. I know Portland is about to get theirs uh, apparently, and it's it's happening in New York, which Bike Snob has done a ton of writing about. Yeah. I believe Chicago has a system set up. Yeah, and I um, think it's all through Alta Share. Is that the lo- it's a local? It's a Portland-based yeah, company. Yeah, isn't Portland it? is yeah. going to be Alta, I believe. Yeah. which uh, which is the same as DC. Yeah, are you familiar with uh, Mia Burke? Yes. Yeah. Yes. She had a great book that she co-authored with uh, Joe Kermaski, The Metal Cowboy, and uh, just telling her story of getting here and being one of the very early advocates for bicycle access on the streets of Portland and yeah. its metro area and how, how tough that was, what a difficult slog it was. But she went on to kind of work with Alta and... Uh, I'm going to embarrass myself. I don't know if she started Alta or if she she at least was in on the very beginning level. Um, I want to say she started it, but I'm not sure if that's true. She was Anyways, a high end muckety muck in the that's Alta right. history. Yeah, but after working with uh, with Portland and working with our congressional uh, representative Earl Blumenauer of Earl, fame we and love legend. Earl. Yeah, I, I am a I am an Earl fan. He has always been. He used to be my member of Congress, but now he is, he will always be my member of Congress as that's a resident right. of the District of Columbia. I have. Uh, Non-voting <laughs> Congress say, style, yeah, right? Taxation without representation. <laughs> He's my favorite voting member. I'll, I'll adopt him as my as my voting <laughs> member. Very good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, after Mia did uh, all that stuff here in town, she moved on to kind of introduce bicycling and to make bicycling more accessible to more people in more urban areas. Yeah. So uh, I'm proud of her for that. Glad she's doing it. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting that bike share has become such a big thing just in the past, uh, just in the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, there's and been interesting, a lot of interesting DC became the, the first real success story, at least to my knowledge. Yeah. I, and some, somebody out there may correct me on that, Yeah, but, uh, uh, it's, it's amazing. You will on any given day be sharing the bike lanes with at least as many people who are on bike share, those red bike, capital bike share bikes uh-huh. as people who own bikes. And I'm, right. I'm not a member myself, uh, but I know people who really enjoy the system. They are not literally ubiquitous but they are everywhere yeah um you you can you can do pretty well with a bike share bike you will see them in town so they are 
um, they're like kind of a cruiser style. Like they're amenable to like work pants and stuff, right? Yeah. So. They're, they're, they're covered up. Uh, you know, I, I honestly, I should spend a little more time taking a look at the, at the mechanics of it because I don't know if it's, I think it's a chain, uh, not a belt tribe, right. but it is completely covered up. Chain case. It's it got, is yeah. built like a tank. Uh, I mean, these bikes look like they could take a hit and keep on going. Right. Uh, but you know, I mean, they I bet get, they do. They get it. Oh, I bet you they do. <laughs> the, they, they, uh, there's tons of maintenance that's done on them. And you know, you're always seeing, like I said, with the rebalancing, they're also doing a lot of maintenance and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's interesting. And it's, you know, I love seeing the new things that are coming about. I mean, I think you've talked about it, you know, the concept of the safety bike hasn't changed in what a hundred some odd years. Right. Yet, now we're starting to see some things that are changing in the world of bikes yeah and, and kind of like exciting yeah like I, I suppose buses and trains and that sort of thing when when those became big important players in transportation uh, there were big advances made in the design to make them work as well as they could and now that the bicycle is almost a municipal form of transportation uh yeah you start to see some of those improvements so. yeah, it's kind of cool and it's changing how cities operate and yeah. how we cater as businesses uh to bikes uh, I run my girlfriend's yoga studios mm-hmm. and one of the very first things that I did when we opened up these two new spaces, because we opened new ones up relatively recently and within the last few years was to make sure that bike parking was a part of it. And that was before the district uh, for, for our studio within DC started becoming more aggressive about putting out more bike parking. But you know, that was one thing that was a really big part of what we did because we knew that our clients are yogis we're going to be coming to our classes by bike so we right. darn well better have some good bike parking you want to give them the opportunity to park and and uh, not worry about it while they're inside absolutely and, yeah. and now in fact uh, just today i was uh, uh, talking with our managers about having uh, locks available to people because very it's it's not uncommon people will forget their yoga mats but also not uncommon that well, they'll come by bike and forget their lock and we'll have to have it somewhere in the middle of our space so i think now yeah. we're going to invest in a couple of locks to let people buy. Yeah. so just things like that that it's cool that you know as as uh, someone who owns or operates a business that you can cater to people that are really good customers and people you want to have come back again and again and totally i think that's important yeah hospitality absolutely yeah um when i was in dc for the first time i was really hoping to rent a bike and there were options available but they were super expensive yep. and uh not really practical for like at that time i was dirt poor we had finished our West Coast trip from uh, from Bellingham down to San Diego, and then we flew to the East Coast to hang out with my wife's family. And yeah, I wanted maybe to get a bike and ride around DC while we were there. We were there for about a week, I think. And it just seems so prohibitively expensive to yeah. get a bike at that point. So the fact that these are available and uh, you have to uh, you have to have a membership, I assume, a card access or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think but. you could do by the hour as well. I mean, it's still catered to the short distance type. Right. I mean, if you were going to want to rent a bike for a week, like I did in San Francisco earlier this year when I went out on a tour, um, you know, I was able to find a place where they could rock a deal and it was 75 bucks for a week, which frankly, you know, when you start getting into that kind of money, you're starting to think, should I buy a bike and leave it here or do I try to sell it or whatever? <laughs> but uh, in DC, yeah, it's still kind of the short term rental is, is the key. And, and it makes sense because it's catering to the incredible amount of tourists that we have yeah. and the short short haul kind of commuter types. And that's where bike share, I think works really well. And at least it's proven itself to be really good, but the tourists, I think the data shows that the tourists are really, uh, um, 
excited about it because you can rent for an hour or two through bike share for far less money than through some of the uh, rental companies that I'm sure you were uh, looking at. With right, their, right. With their horrible looking mountain bikes with their <laughs> little, uh, they weren't good looking bikes. It looked like, it looks like a fanny pack on the mm-hmm. front and nobody likes I, those. I, with all apologies to these wonderful people running, I'm sure <laughs> fine business, but it's just not my spot. My yeah. Style, so, yeah. So, yeah. Well, you've got a tour coming up. I do. And, uh, so you were here for the world domination summit. Was there anything, uh, that stood out to you at that event? I know you said yeah. you, you saw the trailer for Janapar, the film with Which Tom Allen. Which is fantastic. And, and because life has intervened and, and a variety of different things, I still haven't seen it, but it's uh, okay. thankfully he did uh, make available the DVDs to all of us who attended, which is fantastic and really appreciated. And, uh, when they show the trailer for it, I think people, it really resonated with people. It, it, it's a great looking film and I'm really looking forward to seeing it so I can talk it up and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, World Domination Summit is a strange name for a very interesting thing. <laughs> it's uh, it's my second year going to it. It's run by a local guy, Chris Gullibo. If anybody, any of the listeners know who what he does, he's uh, into sort of living a, an unconventional life. Right. And, and Author of the $100 Startup. $100 Startup. And last year, he gave us all $100 cash. All 1,000 of us walked out of that conference with a hundred dollars from him to sort of go out and live what he wrote about. This is your ticket to your self-actualized it life. It was very Willy Wonka. Yeah. I do have to say yeah. it was very Willy Wonka that he was kind of revealing that. And we all walk out with literally envelopes with hundred dollar yeah. bills without and the snozberries with no snozberries, sadly. sadly. <laughs> but that was what that did for me was, uh, the, the tour that I'm doing this year is sort of the, the, the grander vision of what I tried to do last year. And, uh, something I've been kicking around through WDS and it's, it's a lot about people wanting to live their lives, their lives in a way that is uh, more on their own terms. Mm -hmm. Um, Doing things that drive you, that give you passion and making that maybe part of what you do as work and things along those lines. It's a, it's a really, really fascinating set of folks. It's sort of, if you're into Ted talks, there's a lot of crossover with Ted talk folks. Mm -hmm. So in any event, last year I went on this ride down to, and I was trying to make it all the way to San Francisco, but um, uh, I was a day short in my plans. I did the calculation somewhere around Eureka and realized that I was not going to make my flight back. So sand was slipping through the glass. Exactly. So I hung out in in, uh, the Redwoods for a few days, which was a totally, totally, totally great treat. You can't argue with that. Not at all. This year, I did my planning a little bit differently. And in line with some of the things that I've been pulling together with WDS and all the other things that have been coming through my brain lately, I'm trying to find new ways to tour more. Okay, yeah. Because that's the classic problem. And this interleaves into your new project, which we should probably talk about now. Yeah, it it all works together, which is sort of confusing for the listener, I'm sure, but very nice to to talk about. Sure, this is your $100 This is my my sort of strange startup. And the idea (laughs) is, you know, those of us who are into bike touring really, really like it. But so many of us have jobs that are inflexible or Mm -hmm. don't have... I mean, you're lucky enough that you you generally get a lot of time off during the summers for the type of work you do, which is great. I have a job that's fairly flexible, but I need to kind of figure out ways to do more. Right. There are a lot of folks that get two weeks of vacation. My my uh, uh, sister-in-law, my brother's wife, gets two weeks a year that she has to declare in January. Yeah. And they're, they're limited in how they can use that. So I'm like, well, how would one bike tour on that? So I'm trying to come up with ways within a community that I hope to build through uh, uh, my project called Pedal Shift. Pedalshift.org? Dot net. Net, the, excuse me. The dot com was unavailable. And, really? Yeah, and I, I was feeling more net than org. Is it some? Okay, that's cool. I don't know why. I don't know who owns it. But in any event, the idea, and it's sort of a metaphor, you know, pedal to push forward and shift to change your life. Yes. And how can we find ways to 
maybe simplify our lives kind of in accordance with the sprocket mm-hmm. ideals and find ways that we don't need to buy as much stuff. So we don't necessarily have to have the soul sucking job that pays a little bit more so that we can afford the, uh, uh, the house that's a couple of bedrooms too big or whatever. Right. And maybe find some other ways to work remotely so that we can work on tour. So circling back to my tour. I am uh, experimenting on this tour by building in zero-mile workdays okay. in towns that I know have Wi-Fi and other amenities that will allow me to do this. So if so, you have the internet, you can uh, you can stop and yeah. do your work. I, I've scheduled some of my, my meetings uh, for these days. I mean... I. I better make these schedules, but you know, I, I also know that with a smartphone, I'm, I might be able to be able to be a little bit more flexible with all these right. things. But there's a plan involved here—the wandering data plan. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the question ends up being: Do you know? Can you be on tour and work at the same time? Does it detract too much from your enjoyment of the tour, or can you make this work so that you can go on tour longer, better, more? Yeah. And that's what I think the whole pedal shift concept is: is to see if there are ways to work smarter and work in different ways, and. My hope is to make this not just me. I don't know everything at all. I've only started bike touring a few years ago. I mean, uh-huh. I've been on a bike since I was a kid. Yeah. And the sense of adventure and wonder that, you know, and I think you talked about this a few shows ago as well about, you know, when you get a kid getting his first bike and saying, hey, here you go, kid. Yeah. Out there. Yeah, totally. I remember that really well, that all of a sudden these places I couldn't go to, you know, I mean, silly, but you know, McDonald's was a big deal when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, no. I could bike to McDonald's. McFlurries. You know? So yeah, uh, I'm, and a little, I'm a little older than McChicken <laughs> or McFlurry. I said, so <laughs> what were they called back then? Uh, Mick not available. So okay, <laughs> I think okay. we were all burger back, <laughs> back in the late seventies when I, I was see. rocking that. But anyways, you know, it's, uh, that sense of adventure and wonder I still crave. Uh-huh. And I found it again a couple of years ago yeah. when I started doing this. And now it's sort of like, I want to build a community so that those of us who are wanting to do more of that, can come together and give each other ideas. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things I've been doing since I've been traveling a lot is I put my place up on Airbnb yeah. and I'm making, I'm making money off of that. Yeah. Obviously they, yeah. I'm hoping to get paid when people stay in my place. Totally. And you know, that is a revenue stream I didn't have before because, yeah. and my home was sitting there not being used while I was traveling. So totally. these are the types of th- the ideas that I want to share. And I want people who have other similar kinds of ideas who, what they do to help them bike tour a little bit more frequently. Yeah. And, you know, and then it gets even deeper than that. You know, my girlfriend is fabulous and she does not bike tour with me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's relationship issues. Not you know, quite I, her bag. It's not, not necessarily her bag. She likes to bike, but she does not want to go 60 miles in any direction and then right. sleep and then get up and do it again. Without a shower. For Pot- three weeks straight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, there are a lot of people, and I'm sure you get this too, amongst maybe some non-bike touring friends, you know, they look at you a little bit crazy. Oh, Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, legit crazy. They wouldn't even bike to Vernonia, and that's just one night away. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, it makes you a novelty. It's a total novelty thing. Yeah. So, anyways, there's, so there's, but there's community there, and you know, I, you know, when you sort of get into this entrepreneurial state of mind, you're sort of like, you've given up that thought. Oh, I don't know if this will work. You know, I, I'm just interested in seeing if people, if this resonates with people. So, right, pedalshift.net, folks. Okay, if you want to come, and I, I mean, this, I, I, I may turn this into something where. I may do podcasts or something else down the road or, you know, I mean, but for now I'm more interested in stories and community and yeah. just seeing where it goes. I mean, I think that'll be really cool because I think that when I'm on tour and I'm sure that you've run into this, you sort of have this little moving city because everybody moves a red right about the same rate. So <laughs> well, you, may, yeah. you may not bike together, 
but you end up laying your head down in a tent in the, pretty much the same parks along the way down the road, especially if you're doing the coastal route like I'll be doing next week. Yeah, that is actually the only place I've ever experienced that because most of the other tours I've done have been kind of create your own adventure. Oh, that's uh, true. Going yeah, from place to place and looking at Google Maps and seeing what's there. And Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but when you take an established tour route, like the statistic I heard going through Oregon is like some 5,000 bicyclists a year or something do the coastal route, which is a lot of people. Yeah. And there's only 365 days in the year, so that means that I, I can't do math. Uh, I would, many of those bicyclists are traveling on the same day, exactly. and will probably be staying in a lot of the same places. And most of them are probably doing it about this time of year when the weather is, you know, close to perfect, and you know, yeah. you're not going to get rained on too much, and right? Yeah, it's it it's there's a community that's part of going on an established uh, adventure cycling route. For instance, like the like the Pacific Coast route, and uh, like the, the hosted trans- tours that they do. Well, no, just just oh. following their maps. Oh, I mean, right. You know, it's it's interesting. You'll find, you know, there's I can't remember the exact title. It's biking the Pacific Coast Trail or something like that. Uh-huh. You know, almost everybody has that with them, whether it's on their phone because it's on a Kindle. Uh, oh yeah, uh, via Kindle, like I have it, or somebody who's got a very dog-eared copy of it. You know, yeah. But you know, you run into the same people. Last year, is that the purple book? I think it's. Uh, I, they probably have different covers. They, they probably do. The year yeah. that we did it was everybody had the purple. Book. It, it's, yeah. yeah, isn't it funny? And there's there's that sense of community <laughs> that comes about all that. Yeah. Last year there was a guy that we ran into, and we kept it, we would he would he had a surfboard that he was pulling behind him on a custom made bamboo surfboard trailer. Really, it was cool as hell. Yeah. And you know to be able to to sit down and and, and break bread and eat some dinner with him over a campfire at the end of the day and just be like, oh, how were the waves today? Mm-hmm. And you know. Knowing that, hey, you know, maybe tomorrow I may not see this guy again, or you know, sixty miles down, he may surf a little bit and may catch up with us, and you totally. know, may may be able to see what life was like for him that day. That's such a great idea because you're on the coast the entire time oh, yeah. on that route. So, yeah. well, I mean, not the entire time, but you have access to the beach almost every day. Yeah, yeah, and he and and he he took it on. I think he had a couple of days where there were no swells at all, but he had some good stories. Yeah, and and. Uh, I like repeating that because, you know, those are the types of people you get to meet on tour. And those are the types of people that I'm sort of hoping to attract to this project. And, you know, hey, let's get some ideas. You know, what what can you do? What do you do in your life to make touring more a part of what you do? Yeah. And it may, you know, for those who have the, you know, 40 hour a week, two weeks vacation kind of thing, hopefully they can come away with some ideas to maybe be able to go off on some extra weekend adventures uh you know for those who have it all figured out come on over man because i'd love to hear some more myself (laughs) and i have like i said i have a few ideas too that i want to share but you know it's all about collaboration yeah i'm excited about it and uh uh in the few days since i i kind of wrote my manifesto you know the first post and everything yeah it's gotten gotten a few people uh that who i have no idea who they are coming so that's kind of cool excellent uh, so yeah sprocket people come on over well yeah we got to give you some exposure again pedalshift.net that's right NET. And, and Brock, I do want to say that I think that the Sprocket podcast was a real inspiration for this because oh, you go, well, no, for real, it, it, this is, this is a unique show. I mean, you, you clearly have found a niche and it creates, it's created its own community, not just here in Portland. I mean, in a sense, it's a Portland show, but I mean, obviously, I listen to it. It's got it reaches way beyond it. You always talk about folks in Texas and others, other places. You know, this is exactly the type of community that you know, minimalist lifestyle, bike touring, all these things, they all kind of come together. And uh, this has been a huge inspiration for this project. So thank you for I'm making this happen. Glad to hear that. Yeah. Well, I think that that is the dream is that the I, the idea that there are more ways to live life than the ways that we've been prescribed. And if we can get away from, like you're saying, the you know 40-hour weeks all year long, except for one or two weeks of vacation, which 
have so much expectation laid upon them that they can't possibly deliver. <laughs> so true. Um, Honestly, I think I, th- I would rather be like you know either marginally happy or somewhat disappointed over several weeks in the year than to uh, than to be completely disappointed for one week. So, yeah. and I mean that's not it's not like that has to happen, but uh, but a lot of us are also in a place, especially in this economy, where you can't buy your way out of those unpleasant experiences. Uh, yeah. Some people uh, they can they can afford to kind of buy or pay their way out of the disappointment. Like you get everything you want. Um, other people, uh, especially if you know, especially if you're not making a lot of money and you have the house with extra bedrooms and whatnot, you're going to end up with not enough money to do everything that you want to do in those two weeks. So, yeah. So yeah, I would say definitely, you know, it takes creativity and it takes thinking about like, what are my options? What can I do? How can I, how can I break the mold that I've been raised with or the one that's been given to me by culture and, and move on to something different. So, well, I'm glad that's good. Yeah. And I'm psyched, I'm psyched to, to, to be making this attempt uh, at making this community. I'm psyched for my tour. I'm really excited to be going from Portland to San Francisco you yeah. know, and making this happen and experimenting to see, hey, in my own personal life, can I work while I'm on tour? Does that ruin my tour? Does sure. it make me think too much about work? Or does this work perfectly? And am I keeping things rolling back east while I'm over here? And so I'm excited about just this as a grand experiment, and uh, I'm excited to share about it. I'll blog about it. I've got I've got a blog called UncommonlySilly.com. That's right. I'm sorry to promote it like that. No, but please do. I just uh, I just I just realized that you know I'm not going to be talking about the tour so much specifically <laughs> on Pedal Show, but yeah, you know to, to share that because I don't know about you, but I consume people's writing on their tours. Well, I followed your blog last summer. I thought that was fascinating. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, and With the most ridiculously long blog title ever. It was a long blog title, yeah. but it was a, it was it was fun to read, and I I really enjoy reading about other people's adventures because it helps to inspire mine. Right. Yeah. And that that's was exciting. I, I'm trying to remember if we talked about this in the show at some point or not. There's uh, there's like the double edged sword of travel writing is that if uh, if you never get the chance to go out, it it kind of turns into like porn or something where like you're you're always consuming it and like I don't know the, instead of doing it. Instead of actually getting into the the adventures you want to have, you're always living off of somebody else's uh, momentum. But uh, use the right way, travel writing can inspire you to go out and do your own things. Absolutely. Uh, so, and and you know, it's like, oh well, I, that description, I want to be there. Right. That's that's the, you get that a lot from especially well-written stuff. I think there were there were things that you wrote about. I remember you got you got super poetic if I recall correctly. I it might was, have. It was it was it was pretty cool and <laughs> you know, I was thinking I don't want to climb those hills in that heat. I remember that. Oh, yeah. But you know, when you were describing some of the mornings and some of the things that were going on, it was like, you know, that's, you know, it, it's it's it paints a picture that um is really what drives a lot of us who do this. Yeah. And and, and it's fun to look at a map and go, I started there and I went there and I saw some really cool things in between that. If I did that by car in an hour instead of a day, I would have missed something. Yeah. And that's the real joy that I get out of this and the, the, the freedom and the adventure. I mean, those are the two keywords I feel when, when you talk about bike touring. Totally. That, uh, uh, you know, you just, you just want more of it, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if you get this or not, but uh, when I travel by bike, a lot, of, a lot of my favorite memories and a lot of the things I enjoy most about the travel are not the destination points. Uh, although I enjoy like on this last trip that we took over the past couple of weeks, um, we went to Mount Rainier and climbed to paradise, which is, that's a ride. Yeah. It's quite a ride. Uh, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but they have, they have chili dogs at the top. I had one. 
And it was it was lovely. I would have had like two or three after that climb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I think if I could have gotten away with it, Adele was watching me, and I think oh, I she. See, uh, I see. Yeah. Fair uh, enough, fair enough. If I ate two chili dogs, she would have, yeah. If I'd been there on my own, totally, two chili dogs. <laughs> but uh, as good as that was and as cool as the view was, uh, there's also other spots along the route that, uh, you know, just a place that you stop and you see something cool or a place where you meet someone that you didn't expect to meet and you bump into them and you have a great conversation. Um, those are the things that are just as valuable to me as the high points. And like you say, if you travel by uh, by automotive vehicle, then you don't get those chances necessarily. Yeah, so. it's all about the end point. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that's, you know, the other thing is you, you earn that climb. You earn that, that downhill, which so many of us love that's to right. bomb down the other side of Damn those Damn straight hills. you earn the hill. <laughs> you earn the hell out of it. And it's really, uh, it, it changed my perspective on climbs. You know, yeah. I used to hate, I used to hate hills. You know, mm-hmm. back east, it's very flat. The the, the trail I'm on most um, that, that takes me out to a cabin that I have in West Virginia is the Chesapeake and Ohio Trail. It's a very famous uh, uh, national park trail. It's, I think, the narrowest national park in the world. Oh, yeah. In the country. And but it, that's, it follows the canal it for follows the canal right more than 100 miles? 184 miles. That's right. Until you hit uh, a town in western Maryland. And then uh, uh, there's another trail that starts 20 feet later that takes you to Pittsburgh. To Pittsburgh. I've heard about this. I would like to do this someday. The Great Allegheny Passage. Well, I, I, have, I, have, a, I, play, I have a night uh, for you to, to stay in, uh, at my place. Okay. In, uh, uh, west the panhandle of west virginia but, well thank you uh it's it's fantastic but you know it's there's not a lot of hills involved but it's uh-huh. it's funny to see after doing some of these tours out west where there's you know, real climbs yeah and people talking about their you know little one percent grades for for a couple of miles going <laughs> hill ca- all capital letters seriously you know, yeah it's it's kind of funny but you know what i'm just so glad that, that people do it people do it of all ages all athletic types i wouldn't consider myself a super athlete by any stretch of the imagination mm-hmm. yet i feel like i'm in the in some small percentage of people that pull off these kinds of things and it makes you feel, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something cool. And, yeah. and my body is, is driving this vehicle, this, this, this wheel vehicle through my own power, all these miles. And that's just, it, there's something that's really thrilling about that. That sort of captures that same imagination that I had when I was a kid and got my first bike and could go past harvest road where, where I lived back in the day. So, yeah. Yeah. So you and your lady friend, you talked about she doesn't really get into the bicycle touring thing. Um, she doesn't do the touring, but I will say she's really uh, uh, latched on to bike culture within DC. Uh-huh. Um, she 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 loves. Uh, she I got her a pink cruiser. You know there you those go. beach cruisers. It's cute. Oh, she loves it. She loves it to death. And, and we're going to be traveling with both her bikes when we're doing. She's an author and she does a whole bunch of different things in addition to owning the yoga studios. And we're going to bring our bikes with us. We're doing a book tour in the fall. And, you know, that was one of the first things, you know, we're, we, that, that we wanted to have our bikes with us as yeah. part of this adventure because uh, we were in France last year uh, and, and we were able to bike from our campground into town. And that was a really, you know, cool adventure thing for her. Yeah. It was on a smaller scale in a different way. But, you know, we went to the go soap shopping in this town in the, sure. middle, in the south of France. And she yeah. was super excited about that. And camping so, is way cheaper than a hotel. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we're we're uh, we're doing this really cool uh, book tour for her latest book, and uh, uh, you know another. I mean, hey, this, I guess this goes into pedal shift a little bit as well. You know, this is my unique job that I've fa- I've been able to fashion, and you know, I get to travel around North America and and help help uh, uh, meet the community that she's created. Yeah, over the years, and uh, you know, hand deliver these books to uh, these these folks that are. Uh, 
lining up to uh, say hello. So it's kind of cool. And that, that was all based on a podcast as well. So, you know, it all sort of, all this stuff comes full circle, podcasts and community. And that's the thing. Start a podcast. You'll be rich. You can do whatever you oh, want. Oh yeah. You can tell here. I mean, you know, <laughs> moving on up from, from the Southeast side, you can tell by the echo in this room that I live in a palatial <laughs> mansion. Uh, but I was going to ask just about, uh, you said maybe you'd be fielding some, some information, some, uh, people's experiences about like, how do you, how do you maintain a relationship and be separated for uh, periods of time? Yeah, it's, I think, yeah, to have the right relationship too. Mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, uh, uh, Kimberly, my, my, my beloved, my, mm-hmm. my girl, she, uh, uh, she was just in France for six weeks uh-huh. and she was running some retreats out in, in Paris and, you know, uh, that's not easy, you know, to be apart from somebody like that. But I'll tell you what, you know, you've got FaceTime and Skype. And I mean, we saw each other every day for sometimes an hour or two. And right. it's free. Like the technology <laughs> makes it easier to it, stay connected. I think it's totally different. You know, yeah. but me going on bike tour, I don't necessarily always have that kind of connectivity. So I think bike touring is a little bit harder because she has to um, – Except, and she does, that there are going to be days when she's not going to hear from me because I am in a place that has zero connectivity. And, right. You know, um, that's, that, 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 that's not necessarily always super easy. But, you know, with somebody like her who understands how important it is to me to go off on these adventures, uh, it, it seems works. like that's a big piece of it, too, is if, yeah. if the value is, is recognized and accepted by both parties. Sure. Then that makes it a lot easier. And you know, it, I mean it's a two-way street. You it, it, she is she has a unique role. I mean she she's got fans all around the world. I mean literally. I mean we uh-huh. we, we we get emails from Australia and stuff like that. I mean right. she so you know, I, I my I have a persona in her world. I am Lebo, which is kind of funny. <laughs> so people, you know, I, my sense of of privacy is not quite the same because I am part of her world and her right. character and, 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 you know, in her writings and things along those There's lines. There's tons of people that know something about you. It's you know nothing about, about you. don't even know who they are. Brock, Brock I'm going to be straight up. People know a lot about me that I don't know. It's, it's kind of it's, fucked up, isn't it? It's, it's a little <laughs> it's weird. ridiculous. Well, you know, I came in here and, you know, I was like, so Brock, what are you doing this summer? Are you still driving the bus? And, you know, that didn't phase you. But, you know, I mean, right. we hadn't met before. You know, exactly. We're in this new place where we're sharing a lot of things. Yeah. But, you know, so anyways, I guess to, to come back to the point, you know, I accept a lot of things about what it means to be with a, a woman who has spends a lot of time in her, her passions and some of her highest priorities are not necessarily going to be me. They're going to be some of the projects that she's working on. Right. I'm, I'm maybe one a or one B, but you know, um, and I'm cool with that. And that's part of the give and take. And I think that's part of, of a good relationship generally. And we talk about relationships periodically on, on, on her podcast too. Do you want to promote that now? Just so people oh, can get into it if they want I to. I swear everybody who's listening, I swear I, I'm, I did not come here to promote every single website and thing I'm involved in. I'm but just saying again, that right now. I would have asked you to do so if you yeah, had not true, done Brock. it by the time we Twist got to the arm. end. Thank you, bro. Uh, at Kimberly Wilson.com. That's, that's my lovely other half and uh, tranquility du jour is her uh, podcast and I have produced that since the very beginning uh, about nine years we went over two million downloads the other day which was really freaky and that's weird. a long live that's it is it is and she got in early so that was pretty cool yeah and uh, we're doing the book tour is called tranquility tour and tranquility tour.com I think we've now covered it all <laughs> covered thank all you stuff. though yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate it and it, it, I, I mean it, it, all the thing that I love about all of these different projects is the communities that are involved I mean it's I I'm always excited when I meet somebody who says, 
I, I came here to your yoga studio because I've been listening to Kimberly's podcast since 2007 uh-huh. and you know, they're from Australia or they're from California or they're from someplace totally remotely. And the, the podcast was something that, uh, that connected and found like-minded community. And that's the, just the power of this medium. And, you know, you, I know you're getting people from, well, you got me from DC, uh, uh, people from all around the world, country, et cetera, are connecting to this message and there's mm-hmm. a community around this. Right. And, it, you know, there are some podcasts that have really broad-based messages and gets mi- millions and millions of people every every week. And then there are sort of niche stuff like uh, uh, the stuff that I am thinking about doing and stuff like that, that I'd be thrilled if a couple dozen people were were super psyched about it. Right, right. A uh, hundred. Whoa, cool. You know? <laughs> a, a, but it doesn't matter because it's all about the experience and bringing those people together. It's, yeah. it's exciting. I mean, there's just a lot of cool stuff going on with uh, – what we have available to us today, there's downsides, but you know, there's a, the community building that you can do uh, to find like-minded people is the really exciting part about it. And mm-hmm. that's, and that's, what's really exciting about this tour that we're going to do because, you know, I've never been to Calgary, but there are a lot of people that apparently like Kimberly's stuff in Calgary. So we're going to meet them and we're yeah. going to be hand delivering their books to them. That's way up North too. It's way up North. And they just had to deal with some flooding and some horrible issues up there. So I'm hoping that, uh, they're all doing okay up there and we'll, uh, we're excited to see him in October. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So the tour coming up, uh, it's going to be uh, starting from Portland, going out to the coast. The bike tour that I'm on, yes. Right. I, have, I have multiple Sorry. tours. I have crazy I, I, stuff going on. I should have clarified. Yes. <laughs> Serious. It's it's fine. Uh, I lead a very unusual life. We'll just put it that way. You're a professional tourist. Uh, it, it feels like it this year. <laughs> yes, the bike tour that starts next Monday. I'll be uh, rocking at the uh, coastal route. I'll be uh, going out and uh, hitting Tillamook and uh, working my way down, sort of the the usual. The usual route that most people do, mm-hmm. uh, Highway 101 all the way down and then up and over into Crescent City and then uh, good old Leggett Hill. There you go. Have you done Leggett Hill before? I have, yeah. That's, that's something else in it. I remember my, my recollection of our experience was that everyone said, the hill at Leggett's going to be crazy. And then having done it and comparing it to other hills that I've ridden, I don't think it was the steepest or biggest hill I'd, I'd ridden up on a bike when I got there. Um, and in comparison, I feel like it kind of pales. I mean, it depends yeah. on where you are physically, where you are with your own energy reserves. Like if you've got a good night's sleep or something, yeah, uh, there's, and a, there's a, a campground mood. right before it. We yeah. should, we should mention that Leggett Hill is, is the highest point on the coastal tour. Yes. It is when you cross over from sort of, uh, uh, the non-coastal side of the California mountains o- up and over to uh, essentially highway where, where the Pacific coast highway begins highway one, you're transitioning from highway one Oh one up and over the mountains to highway one. So right. Yeah. And you're, you're going from the, uh, the Redwood national park there, uh, all over to, yeah, to the coast. So, and it's, it's spectacular. It's, it's a hard climb, but you're right. It's not the worst thing in the world. Totally. But it's the hardest thing you got to do that day. The, and it's a spectacular finish. Yeah. The most disappointing thing to me about the Leggett Hill was not the hill itself, but actually after that, once second, you've coasted down, there's a smaller yeah. second hill that you're not in a good shit. You're not in a good uh, mental space to do you've after just, having done. Yeah. You've just one, coasted so. down about maybe 10 miles worth. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're getting the reward for that. That exactly. big morning of climbing that you just did. And then all of a sudden there is this steep little if you'll pardon my phrase, shitty little hill that just gets in the way. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing between you and the spectacular coastline and and then Fort Bragg down the road, which is just kind of the end of your night, end of your day. Totally. And uh, man, that sucks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. But, but also, I mean, it's the fact that you can't use any of your downhill momentum. As I recall, 
you end up coasting down to the bottom of the Leggett Hill, and then you get to uh, you get to the second hill, and you have no there, there's no momentum. You're None. suddenly just standing still at the bottom of the hill. Throw and down saying, a granny gear and just start climbing again. Got to do this again, yeah. but it's not so bad. It's not as long. It's steeper, but it's not as long. Uh-huh. That's yeah. the thing, and it has no name. And it, it's funny. Anytime you mention <laughs> it has no name, it has no name. <laughs> and anytime you mention Leggett Hill to somebody yeah. who's done this, yeah. they go, uh, "Yeah, Leggett, Leggett's pretty be pretty pretty tough, but." Oh god, that second hell! <laughs> oh, that second hell! Yeah. So it's it's pretty funny, and you know it, we keep talking about community and common experiences. It's fun to talk to people who have done this. You know, you yeah. say legate, that means something to people who totally. have done this to commiserate. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it, I think it's all worth it too. At least I, I depends on the weather, but I remember popping out onto the ocean from that experience and seeing that the water had changed. Like suddenly it was a California ocean instead of uh, coming down from like, you know, Southern Oregon and Crescent City was cloaked in fog when we were there. So, so everything was gray. The ocean was green. Uh, it was kind of a monochromatic palette. And then getting out to uh, Sonoma County and seeing sun and seeing the water. And I can't guarantee any of you that do this, uh, I can't guarantee that will happen for you. It might be cloudy when you get there. But for us, I just remember like thinking decisively, this isn't Southern California, but like I'm finally getting the California beach experience I was looking for. I, I think you put it just perfectly. There is a difference between what the Pacific looks like as it, as it crashes onto the shores after that point yeah. uh, compared to what it is in Oregon. It's not better. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really cool. And it's one of the great aspects of that ride yeah. is that you see how things change. And you get to go through the, uh, the dunes in southern Oregon. You get to see what that looks like. And uh, the rocky outcrops of, of the beaches that are you know, straight out from here in Portland and you know, Haystack Rock and all that other kind of cool stuff. Yeah. And just how that just all changes. And then as you continue your way down, and then you get the great reward of crossing the Golden Gate in San Francisco, which is totally. just the great ending for those types of things. If you've never... If you've never ridden across the Golden Gate by bike, it is a it is a, an amazing experience, and especially it's a great reward after a tour of some of that kind of magnitude. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. August second. Hey, if you're in San Francisco, August second, yeah. get in touch. Yeah, you'll just I have orange Ortley panniers and a green bike, so you know if you see me, yeah. say hi. Tim Mooney on Twitter. Yeah, there you go. Easy to find. Um, <laughs> more promotion, more raw promotion <laughs> that, from Brock. That's I'm right. telling you, people, I did not ask for <laughs> this degree of ridiculous promotion, but I appreciate it. Thank you, Brock. Well, it's it's the podcaster's secret is that you really don't have much to talk about yourself, so you talk a lot about other people. That's true. Yeah, um, at Brock Dittus, and let, 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 we, we got to promote your stuff a little bit more. Uh, no, that, people know what that is already. That's true. Brockman. Yeah. I'm sorry. Probably. That's okay. There's some at Brock Dittus out there who's about to get a Probably so, yeah. few hundred extra follows. We'll exactly. Uh, I was going to ask, is there anything else uh, with the with the coastal route that you remember and anything that you're anticipating? And while you're thinking about that, let me toss another piece of information at you. I just read a press release that uh, the city of Florence opened a new hiker-biker site with uh, wind breaks from repurposed lumber and places to hitch your bicycle to with a lock or something. So I may change my entire schedule based on that campground. Yeah. I, I, that's, that campground sounds amazing. I'm excited about it. Um, the things I remember the most is how incredible the states of Oregon and California are at hiker bikers. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, what an amazing resource. Mm-hmm. If you are at all interested in doing this kind of a bike tour, even if you're not doing something crazy like me going between two major cities, and wanting to just experience it for a couple of days, I'll tell you, both both states do a really good job. I I, I prefer Oregon, but I'm I'm a biased kind of guy when it comes to Oregon. So yeah, yeah. But um, really tremendous resources that are available along that route, and and uh, I'm really excited to see this one in Florence. So totally. Um, 
what am I, I I'm anticipating some this is the first time I've ever done a solo tour of this length. oh right because the last time you were with other people a buddy of mine uh, uh, I, call, I call him uh, he, he doesn't like publicity so I sure. refer to him as Mysterious James in Mysterious my blog James. His, his name is James and hello James you, I know you're listening <laughs> I promised I would not tell his actual name right right he lives in San Francisco oh so James, if you know James in San Francisco say hi right uh, there's only one of those there's only yeah there's, who knows who, who knows where he's at <laughs> in any event yeah so last year I, you know and, and there's there's something that's really nice about touring with somebody uh-huh. and that's all i've ever done i've never done more than a couple of days solo yeah uh, i've biked out I, I i live in dc but i've got a, a cabin in west virginia that i can i can get to uh, by the cno and it's a two-day ride and so you know i'll do that myself okay but uh this is this is long so you know i'm i'm anticipating uh I've been accused of being a bit of a talker, so I, I suspect that I'll probably end up That's dubious, you know, talking to people, you know, along the route. And like we talked about before, there's those many communities that sort of develop as you, as you ride along there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I anticipate that my interactions with people along the route will, will, will be interesting. And I'm, I'm looking forward to those kinds of stories. I got some great stories from last year. Uh, like I mentioned the surfer guy, another guy that I met last year, uh, he, he was a v, a viola player in oh, really? in movies you've heard of. Oh. And we ran into him, and he had one of those. At first, you know, I, not to get all we, into our whole Fred speak here, but you know, he was all decked out in his in his lycra and stuff like that, and his right. li- little skinny road bike, and, and he, this little package on front. He was going ultra light camping, like you know, with a bivy and things like that. Sure. So at first, you know, my, I was sort of like, oh, what's this guy going to be like? And he turned out to be a real delight. We ended up having dinner with him in Fortuna at a brewery, and you know he's telling us stories about playing for uh, playing viola in Titanic and all these other things, and how wow. he gets residual checks from these movies. Right? Where am I going to meet somebody like that? You know, <laughs> I, it, it, it's just that's what I'm looking forward yeah. to is maybe repeating those types of experiences. Yeah. And you know, sometimes on tour, you'll there's just a small world. You'll run into somebody that you either know or met before. Who knows? Maybe I'll run into one of the people that I knew last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited about that, and and I'm excited about the adventure of it all. It's just it's it's just uh, it's hard, but it's fun. Yeah. And you, who knows what's going to happen? Maybe my channel break on Legged Hill, and maybe I'll have to figure <laughs> something out. You know, I'm going to have to use my own resources to figure out uh, my guile and cunning to figure That's out how right. to fix my bike with, yeah. with you know a broken chain and a, and a and a couple of tire tubes. You know, <laughs> do and, you have a chain breaker? I do. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm not going to, I'm not going to use tubes or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just tie it together. I do. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, it's funny. You know, I'm not a mechanical guy. I can yeah. do little things on my bike, but you know, it's like, you know, there's, there's, there's kind of that, Oh, what happens if kind of thing. You know, right. Tour right. Of this, this magnitude. Have you broken a chain before? I did, but luckily okay. not in, uh, not on a tour. I did it a, about a mile away from my cabin. So I, I called my girlfriend. I was like, Gamberly, can, there you go. can you come and pick me up? But MJ, Mysterious James, yes. did, did it on Leggett Hill last oh, year. Oh, really? Oh, so that happened to him. It happened to him. Poor so, guy. Uh, uh, you know, he luckily was able to cobble together through some mechanical, you know, ingenuity. Uh-huh. And, uh, and a guy who was following a couple, couple of yards back who was a, a uh, bike mechanic. Yeah, he that, knew how to do it. That was helpful. Yeah, that that was kismet, and uh, that helped him get through. Totally. So yeah, I mean, and that's the other cool thing is that you know, on a route like this, there's somebody who's going to be passing by. You know, I read something recently. I think it was uh, from uh, one of the DC bike bloggers uh, about how often when somebody is broken down on the side, how often people say, "Hey, you okay? You okay?" Yeah. And uh, 
that it's just so typical. In fact, sometimes it can be annoying because you're sitting there, dude, all I've got is a flat tire. It's cool. <laughs> just got, leave me alone. I can take care I, of it. I'm cool with this. It's, it's, it's I, I appreciate it, yeah. but I got this. And, uh, but, but it's nice. This, this bike touring community is really, really good at helping people out. You know, if you need a, uh, I, I've given my spare tube to people before. And, mm-hmm. uh, if I ever need it, I, 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 I wouldn't expect, but I, I have a funny feeling that I would yeah. get that reciprocity. Karma comes around. You bet. Yeah. You bet. Well, I hope, uh, I, I wish you the best in mechanical success that Thank you. Uh, the bicycle I, holds together. I particularly appreciate that. Tell us a little bit about the, uh, the green goblin. Cause this is, this is your bike that lives in Oregon. This is, this is, yeah. In fact, um, you, you, you're, you're able to see it. I have my back to we'll it. We'll photograph it. Yeah. Oh, I, the goblin appreciates that. I never <laughs> named my bikes, yeah. but for some reason, this bike screamed that yeah. a, a need for a name. I, uh, I, as everybody is probably aware of at this point, I live in, in Washington DC and I'm out here because I've got family here. And, uh, you know, with all the, the times that I wanted to do a bike tour, it's just ridiculous. Well, we talked about this. Actually, I sent an email to you about flying, how expensive it is to fly your bike back. Yeah. And forth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I figured I'm going to do at least a couple of tours on a bike. So I went to the, uh, at the, uh, bike co-op in Alberta and saw this, this vintage, you know, cool little safari handlebar mustache, you know, front, just like mine, my, uh, newer model version of it that I ride back East. Okay. And so I it's said, very familiar. it's a familiar ride. It's a, it's a smaller frame. It's a little, maybe a touch too small for me, okay. but you know what? It works. Yeah. And it was a used bike and it's vintage and it took me forever to find information on it i didn't know what year it was until the other day i somehow i found it it's a 1998 bike so it's true vintage yeah and it's got some wacky things it's got this reverse spring sprockety thing that the chain moves in the opposite direction you would expect i mean interesting it it, it's fascinating the goblin has a has a uh so it's it's got this crazy green shade to it so i as an old comic book reader from back in the day it reminded (laughs) me of the green goblin the the old spider-man villain yeah and uh, I was like this because this 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 bike's been through. You can tell it's got it's got some chip pain. It's been through a few battles, and uh, it's got a bit of an attitude. Mm-hmm. So I I I, uh, I said Green Goblin, and then I, I think I've shortened it to the Goblin now. There we go. Then my uh, uh, brother's wife, my sister in law, uh, uh, she does uh, beer distribution locally, and she uh, Stone uh, Stone Brewing out of San Diego. Oh yeah, has a, a, none of us are worthy. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, they have the gargoyle. Right, right. And uh, uh, we went the, the, a couple of nights before I left last year. She gave me the sticker with the, of the gargoyle with the big pint of beer. And I said, that is the personality of this bike. So it is it proud, it's proudly embellished on this. And uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, for the first time back east, I found that same beer at a little local oh, nice. store in, around the corner from my place. And I yeah. said, I, I texted my brother right away. I said, has the goblin started to arise? Because the, the beer, <laughs> I, I, I took a picture of the beer. I was like, it must know. It, it's, a fu- it's funny, you know, I, I, bikes to me are sort of machines. But this one, I don't it's know. Got this, personality. There's something weird about this yeah. one. Yeah. So I'm curious, you know, it, with pedal shift, you know, do people you know, in this biking community that, uh, that I hope to bring about, you know, do people name their bikes or am I just the weird one with this one? Right. You know, do I don't name mine. I've yeah. always wanted to name my bikes, but it's not, uh, it's not a thing that I've ever, whatever inclination it takes, I've never had the, that inspiration hasn't struck. So, um, well, yeah. you got the tall, the tall bike. You're just tall bike. It's I mean, just yeah, or the lamplighter, I guess, because that's the yeah. it's the style. I think it was fashioned in, but yeah. I suppose part of it was that both of mine are, are technically the same model. They're they're uh, Novara Safari, so you know like, you the go. one back east is the Safari. So this one couldn't be the Safari. <laughs> so it had a bit of an attitude, and I created a personality. Right. So there you go. Perfect. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the things that uh, that. Uh, 
we had our fundraising campaign last year and uh you uh generously offered to waive your ride uh with me but uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna say uh if we stop this recording could we go out and ride like up mount Tabor, for example oh yes we are very close to said uh a yeah. volcano yes let's let's ride up a volcano i think okay. that'll work sounds good that well sounds good. tim mooney thank you for coming uh thank you for being on the show and again it's uh at tim mooney it's pedalshift.net and uh what else Tim-Mooney.com, okay. UncommonlySilly.com. My God, Perfect. I have a lot of stuff going on. I'm sorry, people. No worries. No worries. <laughs> no, they'll voraciously devour it, I'm sure. Uh, do you want to read the ending credits? Absolutely. All right, sounds good. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that needs to be said. I don't know when this is going out yet. Uh, I'm sure it'll be within like a, within a week or sure. something. We've Let's... got so much content. It's probably going to be like a twice-weekly show for the month of July just because people are coming out oh, of the woodwork. Oh, that's perfect. So. That's yeah, perfect. good times. But this is the end. Find us on the internet at thesprocketpodcast.com. Send feedback about the program and suggestions for topics and or guests and or drinks. Write us via email. The address is thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com or call and leave us a message at 503-847-9774. Connect with us on Twitter at Sprocket Podcast. It's an awesome follow. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for providing our theme music. Find him on the internet at ryanjlane.bandcap.com. That's a great song, isn't it? Yeah. And thanks to Hurtbird for the song that we don't hear anymore because we don't do news yeah, as much. Yeah, we'll get back to it. Also someday. an awesome song, hurtbirdmusic.com. All right. Well, this is the very end. Everybody have a good unspecified period of time. We'll talk to you soon. Sometimes it's guests that arrive, yeah. and they expect it to be like a, like NPR or something, and then they find out we're just a bunch of jagoffs that drink beer, and uh, and then they're supremely uncomfortable. Here and you're far enough off of, right? Caesar Chavez, which I still have to get used to saying. That's I'm, weird. Isn't I, I'm, it? I'm happy to say it, but yeah, I, I, it, I'm, it's very 39th to me still. Yeah. So now, anyways, we, we can do this professionally. So fantastic. Why not?